And welcome to Answers for Elders Radio, everyone, on Aging in Place Week. And I have a very special brand new guest here with me today, Jerrica Pearson Seeger from Reberg Law Group. And Jerrica, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. And our listeners are probably wanting to know what does a... you know, a lawyer have to do with aging in place. It has to do everything with aging in place because it's really about seniors being proactive about what could happen in the future and things like that. And so I thought it would be really important for to have Jerrica here and kind of give a foundation of what are some legal documents that have to be put in place up front so that you make sure that your needs are and your desires are honored in the future. Excellent. Well, you're right that it seems a little bit awkward that you would be talking to an, an attorney about housing plans. Right. But I'll tell you, the reality is for people who want to be able to advocate for themselves or allow others to advocate for their desires in the event uh, a person is no longer able to be their own advocate, you have to have those documents in place that not only allow for the legal authority, but clearly communicate your desires, wishes, and goals as it relates to your quality of life. So important. Right. So important. Uh, you know, I remember taking care of my mom, and I didn't even know where her safety department deposit box was. I didn't know anything. And all of a sudden, it's like I was in a situation where it was kind of she wasn't really in the mindset to be able to give me a lot of the information I had to kind of hunt and peck. So that's those things are important. Right. And hunting and uncovering and going through emails and walking bank to bank to bank to try to find where their accounts are takes a ton of time. And if you're dealing with the emotional crisis of a loved one being in you know, the hospital, there's a discharge plan, you want to be able to bring them home, but you don't have any of the documents or any of the accounts or any of the information in order to make that happen. It's just a lot of stress to handle all at the same sure. time. So if I'm aging in place right now, mm-hmm. um, what are the things that I should be looking at to make sure that I have my documents, my ducks in a row? Sure. So I'll take a step back and just say, you know, as a state planning attorneys, there are five key documents that we will prepare for somebody when they come in and they say, I want to plan, you know, sell me your services. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... The first documents that we talk about are the testamentary distribution documents. Those Mm -hmm. are what is going to happen with your stuff when you pass away. So those are your wills, your revocable living trusts, things like that. Mm -hmm. Then we have your agency documents, and those include powers of attorney for health, powers of attorney for finance, and those documents allow an individual to step into your shoes and do what you could otherwise do, but for the inability uh, for you to do it for yourself. So, and I'm assuming those can be different people. For example, if you have a, a son or daughter that's a doctor or a nurse, you might want to give them your health care directive. And if you have a son or daughter that's very good with money, um, obviously that might be a different individual in the family. Correct. It might be the same. You Correct. never know. Right. And what's nice about having two separate documents is one, exactly like you pointed out, some people just have those individuals in their family that are really good with money, mm-hmm. can balance a checkbook, but hate the smell of a hospital, are totally uncomfortable making medical decisions, or are too emotional to make those good decisions. Point. Good so point. you want to name the people that are going to manage your money the way that a fiduciary would manage someone else's money, right? Well, and you Responsibly. And you certainly wouldn't want one of your children that's not good with money to manage your 
money. Correct. Correct. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, many times that individual who's maybe not great with money is your emotional support. Is right. Your, is the person who drives you to the doctors, is the person who understands is at your wishes and goals mm-hmm. as it relates to quality of life and personal needs. Yes. So that's an opportunity to name those individuals. In addition, many people are not comfortable handing their banker documents related to HIPAA release information and other quality of life indicators. Mm -hmm. So by having two separate documents, you're allowed to separate out those provisions that are relevant to the financial institutions and those that are relevant to the doctors, and they don't get mixed up. Well, and when you're talking about a healthcare directive, you know, you might be, say, pull the plug if X, Y, Z happens, but don't pull the plug if if, if Y happens. Right. So the, the point that I'm making is, and a lot of people will say, well, I signed something when I was in the hospital. That's not a healthcare directive. Right, right. So just to, in summary, so we've got our testamentary documents, we've got our agency documents. Right. The third document that an attorney will prepare for you is just what you said, the advanced directive. Mm-hmm. It's otherwise known as a living will. Mm-hmm. It's a document that says in the event you are persistent vegetative state, you are in a terminal condition and unable to communicate for yourself, you're considered brain dead and in a permanent unconscious condition, or death is imminent. So any of those four things are occurring an advanced directive clarifies to your healthcare power of attorney what you want to have happen to your body as it relates to medical intervention at that time. Got it. So if you have a healthcare power of attorney, that is not the same thing as an advanced directive. And it's important that you have both because your healthcare power of attorney nominates who's going to make medical decisions for you. Mm-hmm. Your advanced directive clarifies to your healthcare agent what your wishes are as it relates to medical intervention if the likelihood of you ever making a full recovery is nil as medically determined. And that's so important to distinguish, obviously. So we are talking to Jerrica Pearson Seeger from Reberg Law Group. And Jerrica, where are you guys located? We have our main office is in SeaTac, right Mm -hmm. across from the airport. And we have a second office in Bellevue, just south on Southeast 8. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. And you guys pretty much cover, um, obviously, the state of Washington. But you said something about you're also licensed in Oregon. I'm licensed in Oregon. And we have another attorney in our firm who's licensed in Minnesota. Awesome. A lot of Scandinavians yeah. out here. That <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, in, and you guys are a, an estate planning, but you also do elder law, which I love the fact that there is a real established person like you that understands elder law. What is the difference for our listeners, and what does the practice of elder law do? Well, that's a great question. The and I like to explain it as we do all the same thing as an estate planning attorney, right? Mm-hmm. We do your core estate planning documents, your wills, your trusts, powers of attorney, advance directive, all of those things. But the questions that we ask when people come in and, and have concerns, either they're going into retirement or they're post-retirement and they're dealing with uh, a loved one's incapacity mm-hmm. or they're dealing with a death and an illness or a disabled child, and they're trying to transition that disabled child into a more long-term housing plan. All of those things, those require special types of questions, right? Sure. And so an elder law attorney comes to the table with different types of questions. Mm -hmm. And as a result of the answers that you give, we design a plan that more appropriately for those people who have the concerns like that 
is planned for. So mm-hmm. it's not we use all those same tools. We just craft them in a way that responds directly to incapacity concerns, mm-hmm. disability concerns, asset protection concerns as it relates to healthcare costs and long-term disability. Sure. And and obviously um, an elder law attorney will advocate on behalf of the senior. And Correct. I think that's one of the things that's very important um, if the senior can't speak for themselves um, in a court situation or whatever, you really become that senior's advocate. Is it right? The goal is that we don't get into court situations, right? right? I mean, that's part of it. when you initially started talking. Getting your planning done ahead of time helps mm-hmm. prevent litigation, conflict, and crisis. Right. When something occurs in the future, so that's always my mantra. You know, if you have a concern, go ahead and start talking about it mm-hmm. before it becomes a crisis. Because many times, if I have an individual who cannot communicate for themselves anymore, mm-hmm. and we haven't been able to engage in the planning that's required in Mm -hmm. order to allow someone to have an advocate. There are remedies under the court system, but they're just not as satisfactory as being able to feel empowered in making your own plan, devising your own individual agencies, and communicating with those people what you want. Right. Which is really fundamentally the most important piece of planning is that sharing with your loved ones and those that are going to be acting on your behalf what it is that you want. And if it's aging in place, how do they make that happen? Sure. You know, I I heard a statistic not too long ago that um, 48% of seniors um, end up outliving their money. And they have to qualify for either um, veterans benefits, Medicaid, different types of things. And, you know, to understand really how long your money's going to last you, to go to somebody like you, you can actually plan how you do that easily because it's not easily to be able to access those services. Correct. Yeah, that's a huge part of my practice. People come in and they say, I got this diagnosis or my wife just had this diagnosis, Mm -hmm. and we're concerned that we're going to run out of money. It's crazy. And and healthcare costs are so incredibly high. True. So it just takes one thing like that. In fact, the the highest financial risk for our small to medium-sized estates in the United States is a long uncovered medical condition. So when that's the risk that we're looking at, the financial risk, there are a number of things we can do ahead of time to help protect funds uh, to allow the surviving spouse mm-hmm. to be That's able to important. have a quality of life. Keep as, the house, right, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe plan for a legacy if you have that family cottage or the mineral deeds or something that's come down from generation to generation that's really important that you keep. If that And you are concerned that you may have to spend it or lose it because of your health care costs. The earlier you can get into plan, the better, because there's a right. lot of things that we can do to help set up your estate in a way that maximizes every dollar that you've got and gives you some options to protect your quality of life. Wow. That is so important, Jerrica. Thank you so much. So how do people reach you? Sure. So the best way to reach us if you, if you wanted to set up an appointment is you just call our office or send us an email mm-hmm. and we will find a time that's convenient. We do a two-hour initial consultation. Wonderful. Yeah. And at the end of that two hours, whatever we've talked about and you choose to work with us, we will quote you a fee at that mm-hmm. point. But our number is 206-246-8772. And the email to the firm uh, is well, our website is Reberg Law, which is R E H B E R G 
L-A-W.com. And from there, you can just do a contact us and we can reach out to you. I am so glad you came on the program today, My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.